stories, a son and brother who did so much that it warrants a two-part series. He did everything, everything to try and shield his mother from the scumbag scammer. He was dogged, left no stone unturned. His mother's scam turned his life so upside down that he was hesitant to share his story for a while, too traumatic, too triggering. Before the interview, I told him that I understand his predicament. If it was going to bring up too many wounds, I'd wait. He rallied, stayed up until four in the morning to get ready to talk on this podcast. You'll hear how his mother's scam affected the entire family, just like mine. We'll call him Jeff. Here's part one of Jeff's story. I'm 57, so this is started four years ago. The scenario is my parents moved here 10 years ago to retire from San Diego. My mom is 83 now. My dad was 12 years older than her. My dad retired Marines. He got a little pension each month. And then my mom, she worked for the county in San Diego. She had a pretty good pension. They weren't wealthy, but they they weren't hurting. Okay, so here's how I find out. Okay, on December 17th, 2018, I happen to be off. The bank calls me, says they're concerned about my mom. My mom wired $74,000 to Oscar Felix for her daughter's business and is trying to wire 26,000 more to someone she says is her fiance. Bank manager puts a hold on the 26,000 and calls me. And when she called me, I happened to be home. I go, I'll be right there. I don't even know the 74,000 has gone, right? I just think, oh no, yeah, that's, yeah, she got hacked. I thought she got hacked. And so I go to the bank, I go, what's going on? They go, well, your mom wired 74,000 and she tried to wire 26,000 more. I go, where's the 74,000? They go, she wired that already. It's It's gone. gone. So they stopped the 26,000. And then that's when they tell me your mom came into the bank and she said she had a fiance. This is my entry into this. Like my mind's blown, right? And then I get done there after I absorb everything. I'm going, oh my God, what? So I go to my mom's house. I have a key because they're they're older. I knock, no one's home. I open it. She's not there. So I go in, I look around, I see a notepad on a table. On the notepad is the name of the scammer that the bank manager had just told him about. The name of the man who got her money. And I'm going, oh my God, it's real. Like I, I was still in disbelief. I was in denial. I go, she got scammed just like unknowingly, like hacked her account. That's what I was thinking. Your parents were still married. Yes. So my dad at this time, this was December, my dad, and I think in November, he was, his health was kind of going down. I thought the nightmare with my mom was bad, but it turns out it could actually be worse. Jeff has the world on his shoulders and decides to handle his dad in what my opinion is the best way possible. We'll talk about that in a bit. He went into the hospital and then went to rehab. I believe he got out, got a little bit better but then had to go back to the hospital. They put him back in rehab. So basically in December, my dad's not home. He's in rehab. Okay, so she was lonely. Yes, of course. That's the key word, lonely. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't there. So I go back to the bank. And so when, when they did their trust, they opened their bank account and they put me on their bank account. 
like as a trustee, like as if you're married. In other words, I had access to the account, but I never saw the account. I just thought, oh, if something happens, yeah, then I can go in and make it easier. So I go back to the account and I go, my mom did wire that money to that person. It is real. It's true. I got to close this account. What can I do? So the address was in, I believe it was Smyrna, Georgia. It's the Atlanta suburb. So I go back and tell the bank, oh my God, what, what can I do? And they looked up and they go, well, you're a signer on the account. Any person on the account can close the account. And I go, can I close this account and put it in my name? She talks to the manager and of course they know what's going on. And they transferred the $40,000 into my name in a private account that my mom couldn't touch. This is the same day that I found out. Okay. After this, I go home. I'm, I'm confused. I'm exhausted. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I, I, I can't like my mind is just spinning like <laughs> crazy. So I just thought, you know what? I just need to go home, get some rest. And I'm going to go talk to her tomorrow. So on December 18th, which is the next day, 2018, I meet with my mom. I confront her. She's in denial. I tell her about the bank episode. She's crying and says she fell in love and sent money to Roland, Roland Dixon. So she says that he works on a ship, is retiring, and needs money to pay for a private charter to get off the ship. So he needs to get a helicopter and a plane ride, and that's what the 74000 is for. Now this is like freaking me out even more, more than the bank, because I'm going... Oh my God. And then I tell her and I'm mad. I go, dad's in rehab, but he's dying. It seems like I go, are you telling me you want a divorce right now? <laughs> right. This is, and she goes, no, you can love more than one person. I'm going, Oh my God. Right. Like I can't even deal with this. And again, you know, you hear about scams, but you think of the people calling up collecting for the police department. We're yeah. part of them. You, you know, it, like in other words, you're, I didn't know until I started digging into this. I did not know Me that either. this was like a full on criminal organization and how far it spread. Mm -hmm. It freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And of course, once you know, you start listening podcasts, you watch, you know, the documentaries on Netflix mm -hmm. and you're going, oh, my God, this is bizarre. And then, you know, you find out about the Yahoo boys mm -hmm. and, and, and you're like, what? I've never heard of this. So I go. Where did you meet him? She says he contacted me on Facebook. He thought I was his son's teacher. And that's where it started. So Jeff's mother was never a teacher, just to make that clear. Of course, she responded like message. So she says that was on October 18th. On November 14th, you know, like a month, four weeks later, she wires the 74000 to Layla's House of Style for his plane helicopter ride from the ship to her. Th this is the conversation I'm getting with her. You know, she's crying, fell in love. She says they don't allow him to have a phone and he has no bank account. And then immediately they converted her to a chat app. I mean, this is my head spinning. So this, this is, you know, two days later on the 18th. My dad was in rehab. He's 90 years old. I'm just thinking, my dad can't know about this. This will kill him. Like, could you imagine him dying? Right before he dies, he finds out this nonsense. <laughs> and so that was my first goal, is for him to not to know about it. You couldn't protect your mom from losing the money already. No. You could protect your dad from his heartbreaking. I get it. I would have done yes. the same thing. Yeah. And literally, I go, if I can do that, that's all I need, right? <laughs> and take the money, whatever, you know? So I cut a deal with her. I said, I promise not to tell anyone, 
until you and dad pass away. I will keep that promise into your graves. I said, but you need to let me take over your money. I'll give you an allowance. You need to cut off all contact with Roland, which was the scammer. And I said, also, you need to let me take control of the trust so no one else can sell your property, your real estate. Because at that time, I'm thinking she could get a loan against the property. It was paid for. She could just go get a home loan, send them another 200 grand. She agrees to it. But she's still in this time through all this and I'm cutting the deal. She still thinks he's coming to marry her and pay her the money back. And she's going to show us (laughs) that's literally. Mm -hmm. And a side note, she always called him Roland, Roland, like, you know, like her lover. And I never call her him Roland. I always call him the scammer. I I don't even validate that. Like I just... I go, no, I'm not pretending with your stupid psychological game. It's not Rollins the scammer. Dang it. Why didn't I think of that? Jeff has thought about so many things that never crossed my mind. My mind was mush at the time. This is brilliant. I never referred to him as Roland. I was mad. I'm going, no, this mm-hmm. isn't a real person. It's a scammer. And I tried to tell her mm-hmm. it, it could be a woman. It could uh-huh. be multiple people. Mm-hmm. They're, they're handing off. So, you know, again, I'm new to this. And now you're talking the legal system. You're talking bank direct deposits from all these areas. I'm just trying to save it, right? So on December 18th, after I talked to her, I go to Social Security, pick up the forms to have money deposited into my account. I believe she had to sign for that. And I believe we did. But I think at the time it had to be a joint account. They just wouldn't put it into someone's account, right? And then I go, I meet with an attorney. On that same day, I set up a meeting for us to go back later and sign up for her to resign as trustee and put me in the name as trustee. And when we did that, I made sure and followed up with the attorney. I go, I need that recorded with the county that I'm the trustee so she cannot get a loan against that. And he goes, yeah, we filed it. We filed it. And then during this time, like this is like right when I'm confronting and she goes, yeah, I, I've been scammed and I made a police report. And then we did later go down. I got her to go down because they needed her to file it. She was the victim. I couldn't file for her. Mm -hmm. So she made a police report with me, went down on December 19th, 2018. Now, this is how naive I am. I see the check went to a business in the Atlanta area. I go hire a private investigator. I go, here's the address. Here's the phone number. Here's Roland's name. And they made the name check. They found some addresses and some phones And they did give me some of that information, but when I asked for like the phone number and they they go, well, we can't give you that because, you know, you might retaliate or something. And I go, well, then what did I pay you for? That's what I'm paying you for. (laughs) So I paid them $200 to tell me that they couldn't tell me pretty much. Okay. That almost sounds like a scam in itself. Okay. So... (laughs) And I know that, see, they have liabilities, right? They could get sued. I go out there, I kill someone. They gave me the information. So I'm going, like, that's how, like, naive I was, right? So I meet with the attorney. We get the trust done eventually. And then I'm new to this. So I'm just Googling what in the world. So I think the police officer might have suggested this because, you know, it's a smaller town, you know, 100,000 people and that there are probably 40,000 out there in Prescott Valley. And he says, well, you know, you, you should file an FBI report. Mm-hmm. And I go on their line. I went on to the, I think it's what's the IC3 or yeah. whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on there. 
it's like all complicated. I go, I'm not even the one reporting. I'm yeah. reporting for my mom I and did the this, information. There's too much information. I didn't have it all. It yes. would be hard for even her to fill out all that information. So I looked at it and I go, I don't got time for this. This yep. is go- like, like I'm hopeless. That's what I did too. I did the same thing. But I eventually went back when I gathered more information and I plugged in every information I have, names, addresses, wow. phone numbers. My mom sent money to mules. I got addresses all over the United States, you know, Sacramento, Texas, Kansas, New York. I mean, wow. <laughs> it'll blow your mind, right? I have addresses and names and bank accounts. So when I filed the re- police report, he subpoenaed the bank account number. And of course, he saw the money deposits. He also saw in that account that there were like $5,000 deposits, $4,000 deposit. He goes, your mom was, was the biggest. And he said that account was closed. <laughs> and I go, so it was, a, it was just a ghost account to collect the money and close it mm-hmm. with probably fake ID and everything. So that's December 19th. This is kind of where we're going on December 24th. Now I made a promise not to tell any of my family. Well, my brother who's living there, my youngest brother, it's 1.30 in the morning. He hears my mom talking and he's like, what is she doing up? So he goes and listens to the door. He hears Nigeria and something about $26,000. And uh, he he goes, what's going on? Because he might have asked me something's going on because I was in panic mode, you know, just like five days before or six days before. And I go, I can't tell you I'm taking care of it. You know, it's okay. And then when he told me that he found out on his own, I then let him know what was going on because I go, I didn't tell you, you found out. Mm -hmm. She didn't quit. And uh, that was on December 24th. He was leaving on a trip to the Philippines three days later. So he literally just finds this out on 24th. I probably told him on the 25th. And then he finds this all out. And then basically two days later, he's going to the Philippines. And uh, he was the one that's living, you know, with him in transition to go to San Diego. So my dad's still in rehab pretty much all of December. He's not home. So my brother leaves right after Christmas and my dad's in rehab. Well, I mean, there's some bizarre, like it, it seems so bizarre to me. So my mom told me she received a call from a Laura Mayo. She received a call and the girl texted her photos of my mom's original 74,000 wire and a second photo of an African male, which she describes as the person in possession of the wired money. She was attempting to alert my mom about being scammed. This was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm going, I'm going, okay, this is getting more bizarre. So this girl sees it, finds you, alerts you. I think you're being scammed. And I'm going, okay, what? Like, I'm thinking now, she seems like part of the scammers. Like, is this another? Yeah. Okay. So I call her. I get a number. So I started thinking like a scammer. I get ghosted numbers on the internet where you can call and they don't know who you are. I can pick a zip code anywhere Mm -hmm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I call her. So this is what doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not saying her story is not legit. She said that she saw that. And then Googled my mom uh, to find her number. But if you look at the wire transfer that I that I got from our bank, and I assume they got from their bank, my mom's phone number is on there. So that's the only red flag. However, did she see the deposited check? You know what I mean? It, it may not have had my phone number. So I'm not saying she's part of it. She said she was very helpful. You know, she gave me her story. She seemed to have a 
I think she was an airline stewardess at the time. She just moved to San Francisco when I called her. And this was probably six months from the event. I go, what happened? You know what? She said that she went to a party. She met this guy. And, and then another time they were on a boat. And I go, you don't know his name? No. I think I may have put that in the FBI report. I don't know. Because at this point, I'm just documenting everything. Like I'm, I'm just going manic about it. Like losing my mind. I'm just, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to find these guys. No way. You sent money to Georgia and the United States. I'm getting you. On January 29th, my dad comes home and my brother, I think was still gone or just coming home. My dad then gets put in hospice at our, at my mom's house. So back to reality now, Jeff's dad is dying. So he passed away on January 28th and I accomplished my mission, whether mm. if my mom lost all the money. So I saved my dad from knowing that that was my only weird thing. And I'll tell you, which is so strange. My dad would be in there and he'd hallucinate sometimes and be in and out. And he would tell me, even when I went to visit him rehab, he goes, your mom's gone all the time. She's running around. I don't know what she's doing. I think she might be seeing some guy. I go, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> At the time, you're like, yeah, well, whatever, Dad, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, God, don't show him. I'm trying not to show him. He was in the hospice. He was in the house, in his bed. So when my dad passed away on the 28th, he had a life insurance of $20,000 from the military life insurance. My mom's, of course, you know, my dad's passed away. We're prepping for the funeral. I'm getting paperwork to settle all of his affairs, get this thing, have her sign it. I put the account that I own as the deposit. My mom didn't catch it. And then she starts asking me, where's dad's life insurance? And I go, uh, it went into my account. So you won't give it to the scammers. And she goes, that's my money, you know, mm-hmm. all upset. And I go, it's still your money. I'm not spending it. I go, it's to take care of you. It's not my money. So that was January. I'm guessing about February, my brother had come back from his trip. He's taken it worse than me, psychologically, emotionally. I mean, I'm I'm holding it together. I'm taking care of business. I'm, I'm finding these people. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get the money back, you know, thinking maybe, yes. wishfully thinking. Because I'm thinking it's in the States. It didn't go to Nigeria yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my brother, um, trying to process it all. So one morning, my mom's talking to him and he's like confronting her. Like, I can't believe you. You know, the the first reaction is to be angry, Mm -hmm. like mad and just like you just like your your emotions are going crazy. And so he starts screaming with her. She's screaming at him. He gets up under her face, doesn't touch her, doesn't push her, doesn't do anything. He's just yelling. And she goes, I'm calling the police. So she calls 911. (laughs) The police come. My brother's going. Oh my God, if she says she got a scar and she bruised easily, right? Because she's on, she's on, you know, the blood Blood thinners thinners. and all that. Yes. Okay. So he's going, Oh my God, if she blamed, she might blame someone. I could go to jail. Like I, like I hit her. He goes, I didn't touch her. Please come. He explains the story. Please tell my mom, you know, he's living here. We can't evict him. So shortly after that, my brother goes, I got to get out of here. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. And he just took like a suitcase, not all of his belongings. He just goes, I got, I got to go. So he went to California for a couple of weeks, get some stuff worked out. He came back, grabbed all of his stuff and then left. But Jeff stuck around and there's still so much more to come. Will Jeff's mother ever realize what he did for her? How much love he has for her to do all that he did? 
Romance scam victim addicts don't always get it. Jeff deserves an award for the best son ever. And we're just getting started. Oh, one quick thing. If you would be so kind just to leave a one-time donation, there's a link in the show notes. Doesn't have to be a much. Everything helps. Tune in next time to the Scammer Stories podcast for part two. In the meantime, fight like hell, scammer warriors.